Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Deep left into the bleachers, a two-run homer. A swing and a miss, ball game. Lift off. And history marches on. 22 consecutive wins. From the sports desk of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. This is Leading Off with Ryan Lewis, a podcast on the Cleveland Indians. Santana makes the catch. Ball game. The Indians have won the American League pennant. The Cleveland Indians are going to the World Series. Now, Ryan Lewis and Dan Kadar. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Dan Kadar of Ohio.com. And like the intro music said, this is Ryan Lewis, our beat writer. Ryan, how's it going, buddy? Hey, it's going great. How are you? Why, much better than the Cleveland Indians, who are coming off a kind of rough three-game stretch against the Atlanta Braves, where they lost two of three. We might touch on that a little bit here on uh, Leading Off. But, Ryan, you wrote an interesting story on Sunday in the Beacon Journal that I want to talk about for a little while because it's really the hot-button topic of baseball right now, and that is bat-flipping. Now, this is nothing new. It pops up every, seemingly at least every year or two, um, where a batter will crush a home run and they'll flip a bat, and someone will get angry, and there will be a fight, or there will be the batter gets beamed by a pitch later in the game. Um, we, we've seen it a lot. It's so commonplace, kind of, that there's even a Wikipedia entry for the bat flip, believe it or not. Um, but you wrote about it Sunday, you know, because the, the issue now was Tim Anderson of the White Sox. He hit a home run flipped his bat across the face of a catcher, which apparently is a no-no, uh, and that led to a whole thing, words were said, people were suspended, yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> you did a really nice job of talking to some Indians players about the bat flip. Before we get to the the Indians' reactions to bat flipping, what is your reaction to bat flipping? Are you a pro-flipper? Are you an anti-flipper? I am personally very pro backflip, and this is something that uh, Beacon Journal sports editor Scott Fagerstrom and I talk about all the time. And it's something where, you know, you want to be mindful and respectful of the fact that this game's been around a long time. Uh, the game of baseball has evolved and continued to evolve for a long time. Um, and there's been a way to do things for a long time. That being said, uh, I just I don't understand the notion that if I'm a pitcher, I give up a home run, the guy flips his bat, the guy celebrates with his dugout a little bit, that I'm going to drill you with a 95-mile-an-hour fastball in the ribs, or it's going to hit you in the elbow, the wrist, the knee. All those things can cause some serious damage. Uh, you know, you're risking uh, guys' health. And, you know, those crimes just don't match up at all. Um, 
And, you know, talking to some younger guys, that's, that's kind of the, you know, their line in the sand as well is just a point where if you're not making it personal, if you're not showing up the other team, fair game. You know, even the guys that said, I love to show emotion, I want to show emotion, I do show emotion, even those guys have said, you know, there's a line, but everything else is fair game. Um, so I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not against any anybody showing emotion, whether it's the hitter or the pitcher. Uh, you know, Trevor Bauer, Mike Clevenger, you know, those are guys that pretty often, if there's a big strikeout, uh, whether it's late in their start, whether it's, you know, bases loaded situations, something like that, they're yelling coming off the dugout. They're smacking their gloves. They're pumping up their dugout. Whatever it is, I'm all for that in pretty much every single sense. You know, and, and a couple of guys said, you know, just don't make it personal, but with that lone exception, uh, you know, I'm all for it. I don't know why guys in baseball need to, um, you know, hold that emotion in during the game's biggest moments. Uh, so I'm all for it. I am too. And, you know, one of my favorite things in sports, period, is watching on Twitter uh, the Korean Baseball League. They've become the masters of the bat flip. Like, it's it's like a... It's like a work of art, really, these guys flipping bats in, in South Korea. Um, Mina Kimes, who's a really great reporter for ESPN, wrote a big story about it a couple of years ago. Uh, I love the bat flip. I hate the retaliation for the bat flip from the standpoint of, like you mentioned, these pitchers, you know, they'll get pumped up too, but there's no recourse for the batter at that point. Like a batter can't say, oh man, you just smacked your you know, your your glove after a good strike, I'm going to come swing my bat at your ribs. Um, so from that standpoint, I think it's silly that players get beamed for flipping the bat. But just generally speaking, I, I just think baseball in general needs, <clears throat> excuse me, more excitement in the game. And no one's ever going to say, hey, I'm going to go to a baseball game to watch bat flips. But I just think it adds to the general excitement of the game. <clears throat> at a time when, you know, baseball needs it, I think. Um, I don't it know. It does, and, and there have been two major incidents so far this season, one involving the Reds and the Pirates, one involving the White Sox and the Royals, which mm -hmm. is the Tim Anderson situation that you noted. And in both cases, it became a major issue, not after the bat flip. It became a major issue when the hitter was thrown at. And that's sort of the the line. I think, you know, if... If a guy is just pumping up his dugout, or Clevenger said, even just trying to get a chuckle from his dugout, pump up the dugout, Clevenger said, as a pitcher, he loved what Tim Anderson did. He, he liked it because it wasn't necessarily against the catcher or the pitcher. You know, he, he flipped his bat toward his dugout. He yelled toward his dugout. Clevenger said, that's what you're supposed to do. And, you know, uh, Trevor Bauer talked about it. Uh, you know, he, he talked to MLB Network Radio about it. And he said, hitting's hard. And if you do something like that, you should celebrate it. Um, you know, it's just a matter of if, if you're not crossing that line, uh, getting a ball to the ribs, you know, <laughs> fastball anywhere near you is just not the way, I guess, to, to handle that situation. And a lot of guys are saying, show the emotion, but let's, you know, let's erase that part of it. Mm -hmm. So, Ryan, before we talk about the Indians a little bit in there, you know, basically Jake Bowers and his stance on it. Where does the bat flip controversy rank on your unwritten rules of baseball sheet? 
because some of them are just pretty absurd. Uh, and I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, like the, I mean, don't stare at a, a player. You know that that one's up there for me. That I don't know. What, where does bat flipping rank on unwritten rules for you? I mean, the controversy. It's pretty. It's pretty near the top right now. Mm. You know. I mean, Clevenger said, "Just don't stare me down." You know, don't don't make it personal, and that's what uh, Carlos Gonzalez said the same thing. Tyler Naquin said the same thing, and, and Jake Bellers was saying, "If I'm not showing somebody up, the emotion should be there. The game should be entertaining." You know, he said, "You saying fans don't want to see hitters hit a home run and jog around the bases like they've done it before, like the robots. They'd rather see Jake Bowers flip his bat a thousand feet in the air and and have some fun with it." Um. It's just—it's a controversy that keeps going on. There are multiple eras and mindsets right now. You know, baseball's had this "let the kids play" campaign. It just doesn't seem like it's, you know, really been accepted by everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've got a guy like Chris Archer, and you know, uh, Jake Bowers did not mention anyone by name. Um, I want to make that clear, but he was saying that if you if you flip your bat, you better be okay with the pitcher smacking his glove or yelling after a strikeout, and vice versa. You know, Chris Archer is a guy who, you know, he, he threw a dirty trick that caused the the altercation between the Reds and the Pirates earlier this season. But he also, uh, earlier in the year, he struck someone out, and then he backpedaled off the mound toward the dugout. And I'm pretty sure if a hitter backpedaled to first base after a home run, that would cause problems. So, uh, you know, Bauer said if, if someone has a problem with something, knock on the clubhouse door afterward, and, and they can work it out there. Mike Clevenger said he'd rather throw hands than baseball because he's basically holding a rock up there and the mm-hmm. hitter's defenseless. And, you know, that's all true. You know, there are other ways to handle it. Um, and I guess a, another element of this that I completely agree with that Tyler Naquin brought up is that you've already been beaten for a home run. You know, you've already given up four bases. You've already give, given up a run. If you're going to hit that guy again, the situation of the game might dictate that, but... You've just given him a fifth base. You've given him another base runner, and now you're in the stretch. Now you're sort of hurting your team because someone's feelings were hurt, which isn't the right way to go about it either. So just this whole idea of emotion and how to handle it, and you know the, the reactions don't seem to always match up with what originally happened. Mm. You're right there, and that's a very good take. Last thing on the bat flip. Um, you, Like I said, you talked to a bunch of Indians players, and you've been detailing a lot of it here. Your quotes that you got from Jake Bowers were incredible. They were full of curse words. He was strong-worded. Yeah. yeah. Did you know he had this take, or did he just kind of let fly when it was brought up? No, so I... I was writing a column, some of my opinion in, is in it, but when I was talking to players, the goal there is to be as objective as possible. So I didn't read anyone, I didn't know the opinions of anyone. I mean, I was pretty sure, Clevenger's a guy who does show emotion, mm-hmm. so I, I kind of knew that part of it. Um, but I, I didn't want to lead anyone into what they said, so the questions were very down the line, just some people say this, some people say that, where do you stand? And so I, I really wanted to allow each player to kind of have free reign to address whatever they wanted to. Like, I didn't want to ask about just certain elements. I wanted to let them address what they felt strongly about. And so Bowers, um, you know, he, he feels very strongly about it. He, he called it um, BS multiple times. And 
just and I'm, I'm not talking about the idea of a pitcher thrown at a hitter just because of a bat flip. And again, it's as long as that bat flip or yelling to the dugout is with your team, not against someone else. As long as that's the case. You know, he was saying it's, it's BS that, um, you know, the, the hitter's livelihood and the hitter's health might be put in question just because somebody got their feelings hurt. And, you know, another element of this is that over the last couple of years, there have been some, some veterans of the game who have either said or insinuated that younger players might be a little softer because they don't react the way that the older generations of players have. And they, instead of wanting to hit the guy, they'll just return the emotion, basically. And I think that's flipped. I think it's, it's a tougher mentality to just strike the guy out or not want to put a base runner on to help your team. Um, and I, I just think that's the right way to go about it. Jake Bowers feels pretty strongly about it, um, as a lot of younger hitters do. And, you know, that's sort of just the way the game is going. I think that's the right way to handle it. Um, you know, emotion's great. Um, Trevor Bauer talked to MLB Network Radio about it. The NFL, for a long time, tried to stifle end zone celebrations. was not received well. Uh, they took that away. Everybody loves it. Now those team celebrations are promoted. Uh, guys show more emotion in the NBA after a three, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't think Major League Baseball needs to worry about being different or stifling that. I think it's something that they can kind of market and enjoy and kind of celebrate. It is. <clears throat> so that that's our, our thoughts on, on bat flipping. Uh, if you have a different opinion, tell us and, and why, you, why you do. I'll be interested to see that. But Sticking with Bowers briefly, he's an interesting player, Ryan. The Indians, of course, acquired him this offseason in the Yandy Diaz deal. Um, Bowers is looks to me like a guy who's going to get every chance possible to kind of make his mark here. But through the start of the season, he's batting two nineteen with a couple home runs. What are your thoughts on Bowers, the, the hitter? Well, he's a guy that... You know, the Indians brought in as a long-term piece mm-hmm. and a, a longer-term asset. He's a controllable hitter. Uh, you know, this is his first full season in the major league, so there's there's going to be some adjustments. The league will adjust to him, and he's going to have to adjust to the pitchers that he's facing. Um, but, you know, for a long time, he's one of the Rays' you know, higher-ranked prospects. So he's a guy that the Indians have quite a bit invested in. Uh, he's off to an okay start. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, he's hit some balls hard. Uh, he's had some inconsistent stretches, um, but you know, he's a guy that the Indians are, are going to hope can develop a little bit and kind of learn on learn on the fly here. And he's been a, he's been okay in left field. He said in January that he thinks he can win a Gold Glove at first base. Mm. And in left field, that might not be the case, but he could handle himself. There will be some development there. Um, he's had a misplayer too. He's also had a couple of really nice catches in left field. He he moves around well. Um, you know, so he's a guy that I, I agree will be given every single chance possible to succeed. Um, he's a guy the Indians will have around for for quite a while. He's controllable for the foreseeable future. Um, so you know, it's it's just someone that, that the Indians are, are hoping will continue to develop, will hopefully take a step forward or two on the fly, uh, and and kind of grow into what scouts have you know thought he could for a long time. Yeah, I think he's a really interesting player. It'd be nice to see him. You know, get a couple more hits here and there, but he, he looks like a solid player and uh, kind of a 
just a good team guy, it seems like, from my vantage point, at least on the deep outside. But one of the things with him, you know, playing left field, he's, he's batting left-handed. And I watched part of the game last night against the Braves on Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. And one of the things they really lamented on was the fact that the Indians have so many left-handed bats. And that basically... You know, Leonis Martin, Carlos Gonzalez, Tyler Naquin, all, the, all these guys in the outfield and, and Bowers are batting left-handed. Uh, how much of a problem is that for this, this lineup, if at all? And is there a change potentially coming there, Ryan? Uh, it's certainly possible, and it's certainly something to, to watch as the season progresses. I think it's one of the bigger things to watch. Mm. Uh, you know, this is a team that, due to roster configuration over the last couple of years and the fact that they have so many switch hitters, you know, they've, they've done well even with a left-handed hitting heavier lineup, and especially in the outfield the last couple of years. They've still done well to have the platoon advantage um, you know, a higher percentage of the time. Um, you know, that's, that, that can still be the case at times due, due to things that they can do, pieces they can move around, and those switch hitters, but it's a little more extreme than it has been uh, this past year. You know, last night they faced a left-handed starting pitcher, and it's still, especially the bottom of the order, is very left-handed heavy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is with the outfield. Greg Allen, as a switch hitter, is the, only, is the only one that you can count as a right-handed hitting outfielder. Um, and it's, <laughs> it's something where, based on performance, you know, when, when Carlos Gonzalez was about to be called up ahead of his April 20th opt-out date. Looking at the roster, it, it would have made some sense had the Indians decided to option Tyler Naquin down to AAA, just from the standpoint that, uh, you know, they're both left-handed hitting right fielders, or primary right fielders. And so it's not anything performance-based. It's nothing that Naquin did. It's just from a roster construction standpoint. That would have made some sense. And as Gonzalez came, as Gonzalez came back, as Kidness came back, uh, the Indians decided to option down Jordan Luplo. Um, it's something where, you know, Naquin was hitting a little bit more, but it does leave you a little exposed in terms of a, uh, a platoon advantage situation. Um, so, you know, the, the Indians do have some options, though. Uh, Luplo has gone down to AAA, and he's hit very well in a, in a very small sample size, of course. Mm-hmm. But he's hit very well. His OBS is over 1,000. And Oscar Mercado is someone who Indians fans probably should have been uh, following pretty closely and, and definitely should continue to do so. You know, he was acquired from the Cardinals. He's a converted shortstop. He's a pretty versatile player, and he's also hit pretty well. His OBS is around 900 at AAA uh, so far this season. And he, he had a terrific camp this spring. And it was, um, it was something where the Indians weren't going to you know, take him out of camp into the season he is still developing. He is still progressing. The Indians aren't going to want to start his service clock uh, right when the season begins. But he played well enough this spring that uh, manager Terry Francona said that he forced at least the conversation uh, that the Indians had to have about the potential to carry him with them when they went to Minnesota. Um, so, you know, he's done well. Brandon Barnes has also hit pretty well um, in terms of being called up. He'd be behind Luplo and Mercado. But the Indians do have some options, uh, so you know it might be a situation where Carlos Gonzalez um, were to really struggle. But uh, you know, especially Tyler Naquin, 
might not be the healthiest situation to be in, but if he were to struggle, it, just from a roster construction standpoint, it would make it would make some sense to have a, a right-handed hitting outfielder up in the majors with them. Um, but it's something that the Indians will have to deal with uh, for the time being. If, if guys continue to hit, then it is much of a problem. But if guys start to struggle, if the platoon advantage starts to really hurt them, uh, yes, a, a move might be made. The Indians do have some options right now in AAA, which helps. Um, but that will be something to kind of watch as the season goes on. Yes, it will be. Coming up for the Indians, they have two more home games, Tuesday and Wednesday against Miami, and a very tough road trip with four games against the Houston Astros, including another appearance on ESPN on Sunday night. Uh, Ryan, anything else on the podcast this week before we get out of here? No, I think um, I think we covered the bat-slipping issue about enough for one week um, until another incident pops up. So that, that would be number three this season, but if it does, uh, we can revisit it. We can go over this all over again, just like you know we've done for for a while. It's not doesn't seem to be an issue that's going away anytime soon. But I know it's it's going to be a continuing conversation yeah. for sure. Maybe we'll have a hot button discussion on bunting during a no hitter or uh, oh, some, something like that, or or stealing bases while you're winning by four runs or more, whatever those kind of things are. Right. Yeah. The, the fun things about baseball. But anyway, that is going to do it here on Leading Off with Ryan Lewis. Make sure you're following Ryan on Twitter. He's at by Ryan Lewis, and you can find all of his coverage of the Indians over at Ohio.com slash Indians. And that'll do it. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>